Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, unfortunately, I haven't been able to work a whole lot on the back end to get the podcast out on more platforms. I know I've been saying I need to do that, but I mean, I haven't even been able to stream lately. It's no surprise that trying to reach out and get the podcast on more platforms has taken a bit of a backseat considering the fact that everything has taken a bit of a backseat. But one thing I do want to talk about actually is one change that Anchor is doing very soon. So right now, the way Anchor does ads is that they only do what they've previously called sponsors. Basically, the way they worked was that brands reach out to Anchor, say, hey, I heard X podcaster, I want... I have this amount of money. I want them to put an ad on their platform. And then Anchor would then, in my list, say, hey, you have an ad offer. Record the ad. Here's the guidelines you have to meet. And then I earn ad revenue that way. And it actually is a decent amount. Unlike Twitch ads, which is... Just bad. <laughs> it is it's awful. Twitch ads are an absolute joke. What what how much have I actually made this last month in Twitch advertising revenue? I'm I'm actually gonna go look this up right now. And my last Twitch payout 45 cents. Forty-five cents. That's it. The previous month, which actually is a complete month, 75 cents. The last month between both the early bird briefing and Eagle Eyes on Tech, keep in mind, the early bird briefing only has like six ads a month. Eagle Eyes on Tech has one ad a week, and they're all currently just anchor because that's the only sponsor I have. Combined, I have made six dollars in the last in the last month running 10 ads yeah it's not much but you compare that to twitch ad revenue it's it's yeah so why am i talking ads anchor is changing how they're going to be doing ads now sponsors are just referred to as host red ads these of course will still most likely have the, a higher payout because of course normally in the audio broadcasting industry any ads that are actually read out by a host of one of the programs that's on the station is worth more because it's a familiar va- voice that the listener is going to be listening to rather than some fancy jingle and anything. They're more likely to tune that sort of thing out. So host red ad always has more value. And in my case, especially, I feel mine also have more value just because I go out of my way with any of these. Uh, granted, I only have one right now to try and put my own humorous spin on the ad. Like, if you're going to have me read an ad, I'm going to have fun with it. 
unless it's for Raid Shadow Legends or some other product that I have no faith in, then I'm going to turn it down. That is one of the things I've actually liked about Anchor. I don't have to take ad revenue for a product I don't stand by. I don't have to take political money at all. Actually, I take that back. There might be a rule about that now that I think about it. Actually, no, that's just, that's just with, uh, no, that's with radio stations that have an FCC license. They can't turn down a political ad, I think. Don't quote me on that. This is just like something I like only vaguely heard about. I digress. We're getting way off topic. The change that's coming. Here's the email I got from Anchor. Introducing. Page cannot be displayed because this email didn't load properly. Your podcast. I actually don't know what it's supposed to say. Introducing ads by Anchor. There we go. It is their all-in-one flexible podcast monetization platform made for everyone powered by Spotify. Spotify, by the way, is the parent company of Anchor. In case you haven't known. No, no. Introducing a better way for podcasters to earn. Flexibility options for every podcaster. Mix and match options to maximize your earnings. And switch at any time to adapt to your goals. Opening up monetization for more content creators. Increase your revenue and advertisers, not your sales teams. Get paired with world-class brands that want to reach your audience. Basically, you want to know what it is? They're revamping their their monetization their monetization system basically to have automatic ads you know how the old system on uh on spreaker would just go ahead and have pre-record ads roll and actually go against my wishes and roll more than i wanted them to anchor is introducing the same system but, but the way they load themselves up, I have, I still have the same level of control as far as I understand it as I did before. And on top of that, I don't have to take this system. I will still try it out. I did sign up for it. And I am very much going to be looking forward to hearing feedback from you, the listener, as to how it is. Because if it turns out that it's awful, well, then guess what? We just won't do it. But based on their system, they are going to have five different ways to monetize, all right? First, we have ambassador ads. Ambassador ads are performance-based Host red house ads spread the word about Anchor to listeners. This is what I have right now. And I didn't realize this. Apparently, there was a threshold you had to meet. And apparently, I just met the threshold day one. So, shout out to you guys. We're going to meet that threshold immediately. Automated abs. Abs. Ads. 
Speaking of abs, I don't know what it is about my phone, but anytime I try to swift type ad or and, A-N-D, it auto-corrects it to abs, A-B-S, and I don't know why. It drives me insane how many times I have to reread an email used for business and find out that it's, that I'm about to tell the saleswoman about about efficiency abs environmentally friendly services that we offer yeah it, it drives me nuts automated ads tap in tap into the spotify audience network and get access to ads from third-party brands targeted to your listeners sponsor red ads are automatically inserted in host selected ad slots So that's one kind. Next are the premium sponsor shop, sp sponsor shops, sponsorships. Can you tell I am losing it today? These are host read ads for third party brands available for creators with the highest listener engagement. This is something that I'd be looking forward to having, but you know, I don't know if it's ever gonna happen. I hope it does, I really do. There is no word on what the qualification or threshold is, but I would 100% be on board for doing this kind of content. And then, of course, the other two, you could probably guess them. It's podcast sponsorships or podcast subscriptions, which there is no minimum listenership for to get access to subscriptions now. Before, I was invite only if you met a, met a threshold. That has now changed. And then also listener support, which some of you have uh, done for the early bird briefing, which I am actually greatly appreciative of. Right now, oddly enough, let me double check this just to make sure, but I don't think I have the subscription option for the early bird briefing. Nope, I still do not. I probably wouldn't, to be perfectly honest. I am perfectly fine keeping the monetization of the early bird briefing the way it is. Though, if we do get the automated ads, I, I, as long as I can put acceptable limits in, I would not mind running more ads on the early bird briefing. As long as they're short. I don't want to add a minute 20 of ads to a four-minute podcast like what happened on Spreaker. That is just unacceptable. I am totally on board for like quick 30-minute ads being tacked on the beginning. I think that is acceptable both to you as the listener and to my own conscience. But that is something that's going to be happening on, on both Eagle Eyes on Tech and the Early Burb Briefing. I am looking forward to feedback once we are accepted into the program. I have already applied. We're going to see how it goes. Apparently, when I hit get started, it just takes me to my already monetization platform. Do I already have it? And it just doesn't show any of the settings in my, uh, in my, oh, wow. Huh. Now I'm, one, now I'm curious. 
if I actually have access to the automated ads or not. Does it actually say what if there's a threshold for automated ads? Any creator can apply. Selection criteria includes unique listeners, listener hours, Spotify flowers, and content that fits within Spotify ad guidelines. How to sign up. It's currently a wait list and closed beta. Okay, so we probably don't have it yet. I did apply to the wait list. We will see if it shows up. But that is currently the update I have for you on the podcasting. So, folks, that is going to do it for this episode, this special extra episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing. And for those who are eager for me to return to live streaming, me too. <laughs> me too. But I gotta put my sanity first. I really, really do. I'm just glad that um, I was able to keep myself together long enough to do both of these episodes of the podcast. Take care, and I hope you have a great day. Good afternoon, good evening, or it's I'm gonna this Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. Welcome again to the special subscriber episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. It is to companion up with our main episode. I hope you have listened to that one as well. This one, of course, is always ad-free. We'll go ahead and talk about some of the stories that I either set aside specifically for this episode, or as it turns out recently. There's just so many stories, I can't get them into the two hours that we have for the main Eagle Eyes on Tech. Which, hey, why not? Some good stories. And heck, if I... If they were able to make it to my original board and then I had to cut them later, they're good enough for right now. Like, Microsoft upgrading the xCloud to Xbox Series X hardware. Now, if you're like me, you saw this headline and went, wait, what? But, but, but wasn't it already the current hardware? Why, why, why you be weird about this? Well, 
Why are they being weird about this indeed? It's because originally the xCloud was not on the series hardware. It was on the Xbox One S hardware, not even the S1 Pro, the S hardware. Now it is officially on the Series X hardware. You know what the worst part is? You might be wondering why it took him so long. If you want to have us have faith in the xCloud system, wouldn't you want it like the release day of the Xbox Series series? Wouldn't you want all of your hardware on your cloud system for us peasants that can't afford and also those of us who are unable to find an Xbox Series series to be able to get the latest and greatest hardware? You're thinking the same thing I am. They couldn't get it for themselves either. You think I'm kidding? I'm not. I'm willing to bet they do. They couldn't even get the hardware for themselves. It probably actually took them this number of months to actually have enough set aside to be able to even load into the blade servers they're using. I could be wrong, but I'm willing to bet I'm not. But in the end, only time can tell as is tradition, or in this case, probably never. We'll probably never actually know for certain and it'll just, it'll, 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 it is what it is. That's just all there will be to it. What can you do? So you remember how Apple was forced to be able to allow other payment service providers in, uh, in the app store? That was like the only thing that Epic Games won out of that massive absolute circus of a lawsuit that we had to endure. Well, now we have one, introducing Paddle. Paddle is an in-app purchasing system. It is gonna be the industry's first alternative in-app purchasing system for iOS, and it's gonna be launching December 7th until someone figures it out and launches sooner. So here we go. We got one. We got one, boys. It's out there. It's finally, finally out there. <laughs> for better or for worse. Speaking of things that are back out there, the Microsoft Connect is apparently back, or at least it's technology, thanks to Sky Networks TVs. Sky, for those of you who are in the States like myself and don't know what Sky is, is a networking company across the pond. And they have now introduced a TV that is working with Microsoft and the Kinect system in order to allow 
for a whole lot of various features, including in-app games built into the TV, like Fruit Ninja, which is apparently still around. Okay, real talk, Fruit Ninja was, was a blast. I actually legitimately miss Fruit Ninja, and it saddens me that Fruit Nin that the modern version of Fruit Ninja has basically become a giant, like, in-app purchasing, like, Ponzi scheme. It really just goes into my biggest problem with, like, almost all of mobile gaming in general. Like, none of it actually feels like just standard gaming anymore. It's always, like, some scheme to get you to buy some in-app purchases or something like that. Like some guy who makes a mainstream two-hour podcast and then gets too many stories and then says, hey, go ahead and subscribe to a podcast for a dollar a month to get all the extra stuff. Wait. Okay, real, real talk, though. It's a cool concept. I am very, very curious if it'll catch on. I really, really am. And with that, my echo just interjected with no one being able to hear it. As is tradition. Let's just shift gears awkwardly over to the PlayStation officially having its first ever 8K 60 FPS game. The game is called The Tourist. It is a voxel-based 3D game. This means that it looks that everything in the game is based on voxels. It's it basically has like a very Minecraft-esque aesthetic. It's like 3D pixel art, basically. Just think 3D pixel game. That's what voxel is. And for those who want to prove me wrong, because I only vaguely have an understanding of graphic design, uh, feel free to send your email to please stop bothering me at gmail.com. Okay, don't actually do that. I have no idea where that leads. Uh, but you know what's even better about this game being... An 8K 60 FPS game. The console doesn't support 8K renders. It just doesn't yet. And then on top of that, being voxel based. What's the benefit you get out of it? It'd be like having Mario in 8K. Dude, those pixels are going to be so, so sharp. It'd be insane. So sharp. You could cut yourself on the edge of those 8K pixels from an eight, for an 8-bit game. Wait, wouldn't that mean that there'd be a thousand pixels making up one pixel? That, that's probably not how it works. 
Now, you might be thinking, what's the point of this 8K game that may or may not be able to run at 8K because it's not really determined what PS5 can do when PS5 is basically a mythical console. As I said in the main podcast, consumer electronics are basically myths told to us by cat boys and lizard people to make us dream and want while they slowly take over the world with hugs or some other nonsense that you're likely to believe. What's that? Everything I just said sounds absurd. That's because it is, and you have a working brain. Congratulations. But getting back on the rails, supposedly there's going to be a massive PlayStation 5 restock. Are you ready? There's going to be more units coming soon in the second half of 2022. According to AMD, this is finally good news. The end is in sight by the second half of 2022. It means there could be a chance and nothing is ever going to get get in the way in the second half of 2022. I actually do wonder if they're going to miss this goal or not. Would you be surprised at all? If they miss this, I wouldn't be. I would not be at all. That'd be par for the course. That is the unfortunate thing. You know what would be nice though? Seeing the Intel Arc Alchemist. We now have some pictures of the Intel Arc Alchemist graphic card. It looks very, very silver. It is a dual slot GPU. This is, this is the Intel's de- de- dedicated GPU that will maybe if, we're, if we pray hard enough, we'll solve the GPU crisis, even though it won't. Let's be perfectly honest. And everything will be happy and butterflies and rainbows. Maybe. Just maybe. But in the end, all we can do is just stare at a picture and just hope that it actually comes out and doesn't also suffer from the chip shortage, even though it probably will, even though Intel has their own foundry, so they're less susceptible to these kind of chip shortages. I actually do wonder if it's still going to be called the Alchemist. That'd be very, very interesting. I also wonder if AMD USB 4 is going to be coming as well. Linux drivers were found by AMD to support USB 4. What is USB 4, you might ask? You remember how we've been talking about for a while on Apple documentation, how they've been calling Thunderbolt USB 4? That's because Thunderbolt is USB 4. So this could mean Thunderbolt support could be coming to AMD laptops coming to you soon. And that honestly is a very, very big deal. Why? I want you to think about this for a second. AMD laptops are 
in most workloads, more powerful, way more power efficient than Intel laptops, but they do not have Thunderbolt. So if you go ahead and get a thin and light laptop and then have an external GPU dock, it's not compatible. Soon, it could be. Or, you know, if you're a big data person and you, and you go ahead and edit videos, you want to go ahead and get this, that, and the other thing off your laptop onto your desktop. It'd be nice. It'd be very, very nice. Move that stuff at... What is it? What is Thunderbolt? Like, freaking 20 times faster than USB 3? Something like that? Or faster than 3.11... RAR XD. God, everything's messed up when it comes to frickin' USB and their naming scheme. It is just awful. It is rumored that this is going to be introduced with the Ryzen 6000 series, but only time will tell. Oh, and by the way, if you want something that just sounds absolutely bat squeak insane, how about Samsung's Exynos 2200 pro, uh, SoC? You know, the ARM-based CPU that no one ever wants inside their Samsung smartphone because it's inferior to the Qualcomm one, but Samsung forces it on you anyway, depending on your region of the, of the country, but still calls it the same phone and never tells you. You're just basically a sucker if you end up with it because it ends up being slower and hotter and with worse battery life. Yeah, the Samsung Exynos processor does not have a good history. Until now, because guess what? The new Samsung Exynos 2200 will have ray tracing. I want to stress it just says ray tracing, not real-time ray tracing. Even though it, they do mean real-time ray tracing because it's going to be a feature of the Exynos 2200 because this is going to be the, GP, the CPU that has a built-in AMD RDNA 2 GPU. And it will have six ray accelerators that will be able to be able to perform ray tracing so you can go ahead and trace rays ray tracing <laughs> i still want to know how hot is this soc are the phones that run this just going to have an integrated fan and heatsink on the back and that is it for the extra stories i have we're going to take a break when we come back i'm going to give you a little bit of a sneak peek into what is going on behind the scenes